change their life when they're young, giving them an opportunity to change not only their lives, but the lives of friends and associates and the lives of their family. You, me, anybody involved in this project is in the process of changing lives. That's huge. Earlier this year, I turned 40 and I wanted to do something meaningful alongside all the celebrating. I decided to ask my community to support me in helping an underprivileged community and give them a small yet transformative boost. This is how the Rainbow Boosters project was born. In sharing the idea with people, I realised that we all know of a teacher, a family member, a friend, an author or a singer that has made a profound impact on our life. I wanted to create a space where we can share those stories. So welcome to the Rays of Sunshine series. This week, I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, my longtime friend and life coach, Mike Coote. Mike is a business leader and an executive business coach who has worked with some of the world's largest brands. His passion for coaching, inspiring teams and individuals to reach their full potential is truly remarkable. I've known Mike now for 10 years, and I can honestly say that he's one of the most inspiring and motivating people I've ever met. He's been a huge ray of sunshine in my life, shaping my career and being a huge influence on how I've grown as a husband, a son, and as a father. When I mentioned to my wife, Babika, that I was bringing Mike onto the series, she said that it was so apt as every time I'd come back from one of our coaching sessions, I'd be buzzing and literally glowing like a ray of sunshine from all the things I've learned and the ideas that I've had. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I have recording it. Hi, Mike, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Pradesh. I really am. It's uh, been a lovely long, long weekend, this last one, and feeling good. So, yeah. Good, brilliant. Thank you for taking the time to to come and talk to us on uh, the Ray of Sunshine uh, series. I'm going to jump straight into it, as, I, as I'm trying to do with everyone, and get to the heart of, of what we're here to talk about. So, can you tell us who was your Ray of Sunshine? Who was the person or teacher that had the biggest impact on your life and, and how did they help shape your future? Such an interesting question, Pratesh. And I, I spent a long time working this one through my mind and thinking, so do I tell the full story or not? I think it's a story that you've heard before. Therefore, I'm not going to tell the entire thing, but it was my major in the Defence Force during the time that I was in the military, he was the man who, when I experienced the first losses of some of my men on patrol, when I experienced the devastation of what that brings out in me as a young 23-year-old captain uh, in, in the military, he was the man who, despite the fact he was only about 10, 11 years older than me, he just had this depth of wisdom and insight. Uh, and, and he didn't say very much. But whenever he spoke, it was one of those moments of, whoa, that was good. And internally, I was busy saying, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. And uh, for me, it was it was simply, simply and yet dramatically after one of my patrol series where two of my men had been had lost their lives in the in the course of of my my role in the military, and and being totally upset. I mean, so upset that I couldn't speak when he said to me. Mike, what happened? I'm painting a disgusting picture of tears rolling through in grime dirt and, and my nose running and, and just standing there with deep racking sobs, so deep that they, they actually hurt my body. Right. Um, and then him busy saying to me, hey, Mike, 
just remember this. And he told me then just to focus in on the positive, on the men that had come back with me, instead of on the men that hadn't come back with me. And those words have become guiding words, guiding thoughts for the rest of my life. So a 33-year-old man doing his job and yet impacting my life in a way that I've told him about it since then. But uh, my goodness, such a shift in my life since then. Yeah, amazing. And um, I'm going to tap into that for a minute. I, you know, you, you're you're my coach and you're, you're a coach for so many people. And therefore you could assume that you always try and find the positive or the light in the dark. And I know you and your experiences and, and how much dark you've seen in people's lives losing children or loss of colleagues in you know in the in the forces do you believe that there's always light under under gray clouds it's such a good question Pradesh. you know instinctively i want to say yes i want to be more deliberate about it in answering your question rather than just being instinctive and yet my deliberate approach is going to be exactly the same as my instinctive <laughs> approach yes it is absolutely does that mean that you always see it immediately? Absolutely not. Does that mean that it's always easy to find? Definitely not. But does it mean that with a small amount of modicum of effort, sometimes a deep insight that, that we have to have up here rather than out there, do we begin to see it? Yeah, and when it first glimmers, here I have, you know me, Pradesh, I've lived in England for the last 26 years now. It's like having a grey, grisly, horrible, drizzly <laughs> day. And then the, sh the sun breaks through and you get that shaft of light yeah. illuminating the water in the atmosphere. And it just beautiful. And you think the grey was horrible. But look at that shaft of light. And that's literally what happens. So we'll, we'll, we'll get out of something being too heavy <laughs> of a, of a, of a I was going to say, boy, I've really, I've really lightened that conversation, haven't I? <laughs> um, I know that you, you, uh, you love reading and, um, you know, there's, you obviously think about people when we think about impact, but I want to talk to you about things like books and films or, or even songs that, that have helped you through, change the way you think um, and kind of push you towards your goals. Have you got books or films or songs that, that you would think about that also had a, an impact? Because I feel like we're surrounded yeah. by those influences as well, right? We absolutely are. It's, uh, I know that at some point you asked me to think about, do I have a, a guiding statement, something that has been you know, a, a really powerful thing in my life, and, and you'll hear it in a short while. But I'm going to comment about a film and then about a song. And I think you might understand a little bit more. Well, I know you'll, you'll understand it a little bit more. The film, interestingly enough, two films, The Great Escape, okay. as the prisoners of war tunnel out and what they had to face. And the second one was The Shawshank Redemption. And both of those films just have filled me with that sense of, well, one, I enjoy watching a, a good movie, but two, the determination that it takes in the midst of some of the most horrible scenarios that you could ever imagine for a man or for men out and yet the determination, the hope, the focus, the joy that those two films uh, portray when they eventually get right what they set out to get right. Yeah. And for me, that's, that, that is indicative of who I am. But I, I think it's not I think. I know 
that it's indicative of, of a lot of people that we set these plans in place and then when you see them coming right and we as the the viewer watching the movies just wow but in reality there's also always a wow moment yeah when we see our plans coming to fruition so yeah those two films i have a song it was an interesting question i know you've, you've primed me with some of these questions but the <laughs> the reality was this the song was hotel california why hotel california well again i've got to go back into my military days in 77 uh july i, I joined the army and after having got through basics which was three and a half months of just learning how to do stuff I then was selected for officer's training. And Hotel California was released two months into officer's training. So it was right at the end of 77, I think it was. And there were times when you'd had this most grueling, arduous day that you'd get 42 men in this, this military bungalow lying back, exhausted, mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted, and somebody would put on Hotel California. And it would instantly you would hear voices starting to sing not good voices by the way including <laughs> mine but singing at the top of our lungs and then being yeah. able to get up and say that's okay we can do this just from a song welcome to the hotel california yeah yeah thanks for sharing that because i think there is so much in music and films and books that do those same things as someone putting their arm around you and saying you can do it oh, yeah. we're, we're exposed oh, yeah. you, you talked about hope and i'm i've always had this sense that if there's hope, you can get through things. Can hope always get you through? Yeah, again, really, really good questions, Pratesh. Can hope always get you through? Yes, and yet it's going to be a different answer to that yes. Yes, in the plainest sense of that when we find somewhere deep inside ourselves uh, that spark, that ray, like that ray of light breaking through the, the darkness, when we find it deep inside of ourselves, it definitely begins to impact and influence all the other parts of ourselves that maybe are living in darkness and gloominess. Um, it's, it has a pervading sense, a, a good pervading sense rather than a negative pervading sense. But hope internally is not the only answer that I have. You have to have other people who will feed that hope in you and for you. Yeah. That when you're walking in the rain again, metaphorically, and, and you can't see some of the patterns, some of the ways through, you can and will have people around you say, you know what, let me tell you about, let me show you, follow me, I'm going to lead us for a while, you can step backwards away from leadership, just tag tag with me, put your hand on my shoulder, let me put my arm around you, around you. I'm going to show you what hope can really be. And the combination of both the internal plus the external Come on, let's go together. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. It's a combination of yourself, uh, desire and efforts, as well as those around you. It's a combination of both. That exactly. You um, it it kind of leads into my next question a little bit, which is around um, the advice that you'd give to children who lack access to educational resources. So thinking more about the, the project that we're working on um, and your exposure to to supporting children and um in an educational space so they 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 don't have the educational resources but they have this desire to learn and succeed so what advice do you give to to those children in those scenarios you okay if i answer that with a story yeah please 
I was born in South Africa, you know that, despite having an English father and an Australian mother, I was born in Cape Town in South Africa. And at 26 years of, of age, I started my own company. So come out the military, wasn't too sure what I was going to be doing. No, in fact, I, I lie completely. At 36 years of age, I started my own family, so 10 years later. And um, what I was doing is helping young people with some of the learning techniques that they had no idea how to put stuff in their head and keep it there rather than jumping and cramming it all in. And then the next morning when they were taking the test or the exam, they were, I can't remember anything of what I crammed in my head last night. And it was across society in general in South Africa. And some of the most poignant moments that I can remember are turning up in literally what was a tin shanty, yeah. uh, tin roof, tin walls, um, windows with cardboard instead of glass. I mean, very poor, divided roughly into two rooms and walking in and, and sp sitting, spending about an hour with young men and young young women, or boys and girls, not men and women, uh, who were sitting there with a candle on, no electricity, just with a candle on, peering, and you could see the frown patterns on their eyes, reading from these books, and just feeling that sense of, that's amazing. Because sometimes when I walked into the homes, the big palatial homes of some very wealthy people, and the kids were there, and you could see the the designer clothes, and you know the the, the house itself was just whoa. You want to get envy? Those were the type of houses to get envious about. Yeah. And to see the kids saying, "Oh, I'm not enjoying this. Oh, I'm not enjoying that." The ones who had the least were the ones who were giving the most because they knew that in giving the most. They were preparing a way out, not only for themselves, yeah. but for their families, because they were determined to lift their mothers and their fathers out of some of the immense poverty that exists in Africa. So, yeah, um, keep on. Those are my two words. Keep on. Just keep on. You're on the right path. Keep on. Let me show you some things that will help you. Keep on. When it gets dark. Find somebody to say, keep on. And if you need to, you get hold of me. Keep on. Yeah. And they kept on. Yeah, amazing. You, you um you you've gave me one of these flashback moments to when I did Case for Change, uh, the campaign that where I showed how mobile connectivity was changing uh kids' lives around the world. And in um in Bangladesh, we went to see some girls who had been given access to tablets and uh, laptop and training in basic uh, kind of digital literacy but then when we went to their houses when we went to speak to their parents and see the environment the girls would sit with candles in these small rooms and just ooze over books and they wanted to and you could tell that they needed to because they realized it was going to change something for them and their families so um, yeah I, I love that advice for them in this digital world that we're in because uh, you know a lot of the focus that we're looking at is around the digital divide uh, how do you believe that access to things like the internet and the technology transforms lives for specifically for those that don't have it like these children that we're we're supporting um how much of an impact do you think it can have for them i find myself instinctively going for a story when I'd finished school in South Africa at 17 years of age, I was blessed, privileged uh, to be selected as a Rotary Exchange student. And I then spent the whole of 1975 in the United States of America, 
which as a young 17-year-old South African in 75 was just mind-blowing. By the way, in 1974, South Africa at that point in time had no TV. So right. I grew up my entire age until 17. I knew what TV was. We'd go across the border to Rhodesia, as it was then known, soon to become Zimbabwe. Uh, and it had black and white channel, which ran from 6 o'clock in the evening till 10 o'clock. And my sister and I were glued watching everything that was on that TV. I hit America in late December of 74, so you could say January 75. And they had 13 full-time channels. And I had no idea how to moderate myself around TV. Yeah. So every spare moment was watching game shows and you name it, I was busy watching it. So with that as a backdrop, now let me answer your question. It can have a very negative effect, the advent of technology, because unless you show young people who haven't had it before how to use it and how to use it to the best of their ability instead of the worst of their ability. Yeah. I suspect strongly you can almost dig a trap for them and they'll fall into it. It's called technology. Suddenly the, the world is open to them and they will spend their time looking at things which bear no relevance yeah. to what they need to be. Yeah. Of course, the other side of that is the positive impact of it. My goodness. Can you imagine being able to look at a map of the world when all you've known is your little hut or shanty or shack or house in the midst of a village that is in the midst of maybe a smaller town and that has become your world and suddenly you're able to see how small that is in relation to the world and you're able to see how small the world is in relation to the galaxy in which we are i mean can you imagine that protest yeah it must blow their mind i don't i don't think we will get that ability to relive that moment. You know, uh, musicians talk about it a lot. They they want to recreate the first listen when you hear something that changes your your life because you've heard something. Because the second time you hear it, it does something different. But yeah, that that leap from, like you said, just knowing your small village to realizing you're part of this massive world and beyond um, must be such a crazy moment in someone's life to, Absolutely. to do that. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it on on you know, videos and YouTube and whatever. People who have been hearing challenged or little babies who've been hearing challenged. Yeah. And then they put the implants in and they 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 hear the mother's voice for the first time. Or they, you know, they see a film or whatever it is. And you see the wonderment. I mean the eyes just that they they go big and there's tears and well, I can well imagine that that is what it's going to be like yeah. as Rainbow Boosters does what it's meant to do, intended to do in the lives of young people who have been properly brought into the space of using it wisely. It's going to be, wow. To your point about the use of technology, it's something that's come up when I've spoken to people about Rainbow Boosters. It's all very well that we put a computer lab in a rural part of India, but if they don't want, if they don't know how to even turn the machines on what they're looking for that's a problem but then you're exposing them to all of the horrific things that exist on the internet you know you could put controls in but essentially they they could find their ways into those space so part of our plan is also to have a tutor that is trained up that will run the curriculum essentially be the guide to the things that will influence and support not only basic level uh education around uh, for digital use but also for 
just how to open up opportunities and inspire them to see what the world can do. So I think it's it was it's a really important piece of the puzzle, not just access, it's, it's guidance and usage. So yeah, I think it's- Absolutely it's vital. Can I ask you a quick, quick, quick question? Sorry. If you suddenly had done something wrong, I don't know, you know, you robbed a shop and you've been arrested, you're standing up in court, mm. who do you want to argue in your case for you? Uh, a, a good lawyer. <laughs> a good lawyer, a good advocate, yeah. somebody who's going to advocate on your behalf yeah. in a way that makes sense to your lifestyle yeah. so that the jury, if there is a jury or the judge busy listening, is going to be saying, okay, so now we see the other side of things. That's what you're looking for. They are tutors, but they're advocates of a lifestyle yeah. more than just tutoring in a small scale. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Really good point. You've uh, you've been part on this of this Rainbow Boosters journey with me um, as we've we've talked through the different choices and developments. Why why do you think it's important for others, for potentially businesses, to support something like Rainbow Boosters um, in these areas? There's there's so many different good things you could do, but what is it specifically about this, or or just that need to get involved with these initiatives that you think is important? Yeah, we get stuck in our own head. We do. We we pattern ourselves to the needs and demands of the day. Here we are in 2023 with the price of electricity and gas being sky high. You know, uh, yeah, petrol and diesel coming down, but uh, cost of living increases, strikes going on here in the UK as people aren't making it anymore. And we get so stuck and molded in our own head that that's all we see. It literally is all we see, the fact that maybe we can't put food on the table, maybe we can't run the heat. And, and these are serious things. They really are. If if you think I'm minimizing anything, anything of which the world and the UK is busy going through, absolutely not. In fact, maximizing, because I feel the impact in my own life. Yeah. There are times that that molds us and it becomes the blinkers on the racehorse. That's all we can see. And we forget that there's a world outside of that. Yeah. That actually the need in that world outside of the present challenges facing us is so much more vast and so much more mind-blowing in the wrong sense. Right. Because you see levels of poverty and and challenge that we have no idea about unless you've actually lived in it or been in it. One of my trips out to South Africa, this must be a, a good 10 years ago, um, staying in a home with my parents. And they were in a like a wall gated community, which had a big electric gate, so you had to have a, a key fob. And one of the business associates was busy picking, was going to pick me up, and I went and stood at the gate just with the key fob and all the the, the black refuse bins, just like we we've got, okay. But these weren't recycling, so all the, the rubbish was in it. And there was a there was seriously a. The skinniest of men that I've ever seen. I, I put his age somewhere 25, 26, 27, somewhere around there. And he had his arm deep in the bins as he was busy looking for something that was edible. Yeah. And I called out to him. I said, hey, what are you doing? And he got such a fright and he started to run because he thought it was going to be the normal situation. He'd been caught doing something wrong. And here he was, somebody was going to, you know, that base him. And I called him back and he came back to me holding me and I said, what's up? He said, I hadn't eaten for four days. He said, and my wife and my two children 
haven't eaten for four days either. He said, I have to find something to eat. I just, I have to find something to eat. Yeah. And I can tell you, Pradesh, that was only one time, but with tears in my eyes, we weren't far from a local supermarket. I walked and walked down with him and I said, let's go choose some stuff. And he chose two, two of their bags full of, and I made sure that it was wise choices. So there was milk and, and things rather than, than, you know, soda pop or, or cold drinks. Mm. Um, and the tears in his eyes, as he said, thank you to me. And I thought to myself, I might have helped for a couple of days, but I wonder what happens in a couple of days time. Right. So what benefit is there going to be? You know, change lives. Yeah. That's the point. Change the life when they're young, giving them an opportunity to change not only their lives, but the lives of friends and associates and the lives of their family. You, me, anybody involved in this project is in the process of changing lives. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I um I I am privileged to hear all your stories. So I'm glad that you're able to bring some of those to this uh, to this series. You know, you in my life are a massive ray of sunlight and a constant positive encourager of all the things that I do and try to do. So as we wrap this up, can you share one positive message or a quote that has inspired you throughout your life and continues to motivate you for, for everyone that's listening? Of course I can, and, and thank you, Pratesh. I've actually written it down so that I can say it verbatim rather than missing out a word or almost quoting. It's by a person called Albert Schweitzer. Do you know who that was? Yeah. Uh, philosopher, humanitarian, um, um, winner of so much in terms of the work that he put into humanity. And he says this, example is not the main thing in influencing others. And let me pause. Example is not the main thing in influencing others. And you think, where are you going with this? Now let me read it in its entirety. Example is not the main thing in influencing others. It is the only thing. Example. Leadership, what you're doing, what we're busy doing together, what you're busy doing in work, what you're busy doing at home, what I'm busy doing in all those areas of my life. If you don't and aren't willing to lead by example, then you're going to run foul because at some point somebody's going to look at you and say, you're asking us to, but what about you? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, knowing you, I know that uh, you really do live by that as well because you, in all of these aspects that we look to work at and the work that you do, I know that you lead by a massive example every single day. So um, with that, I just want to say thank you, Mike, so much for taking the time to join us and, and telling your stories. Um, this Rays of Sunshine series is linked to the Rainbow Boosters project, as we've been talking yeah. about, where we're supporting underprivileged children by connecting them to the internet and a community to ensure that they don't get left behind in a digital world. Um, you can check out more at rainbowboosters.com and all the links and the comments are going to be below. Um, and the next episode will be with you in a week or so. So thank you, Mike, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Genuinely my pleasure. Thanks, British.